for those who don't know, we are going through um, a series called Not All Heroes Wear Capes, which is um, looking at various people that the writer to the Hebrews raises up for our benefit and says, now look at this person. See this person's faith. I want you to see this person's faith. The writer of the Hebrews is speaking because he's wanting to encourage the readers and he's wanting to encourage us to be people of faith. And today we are looking at Sarah and we're calling it Sarah's Calculation. Okay, just a couple of verses, but obviously we're digging back into Genesis. Uh, Before we read that, just... You know, she's a slightly unusual person, this hero, hero of faith. And you kind of, you read it and you're thinking, really? Uh, Sarah? Um, Abraham? Yeah, no, we've got that. But Sarah? I think what I want to say, first of all, this morning is that It's really important that we don't coast on other people's faith. That we have personal faith ourselves. We own faith ourselves. We demonstrate, exercise faith ourselves. It's not good enough to say, yeah, I know my neighbor or my friend or my colleague or my relative. Yeah, I know they have faith. And it's very good for them. God's saying, yeah, but (laughs) that's good. But that's not enough for you. And I want you to have faith. And what Sarah had to learn was that it wasn't enough just for Abraham to have faith and for Abraham to have the fulfillment of the promises through him. She needed to have faith. And that is what we're dealing with today. I think she's an interesting woman. It gives us courage to believe God as the writer to the Hebrews lifts her up. And we're thinking there's quite a lot of reasons why if you know the story even a little bit, you might think actually she is an unusual person to choose. Uh, When we say faith, I mean, come on, are you suddenly forgetting some of these major incidents for her? She'd been the one to suggest to her husband that he sleeps with her slave, Hagar, in order to have a son. Thinking, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not exactly faith. She was the one who, when the visitors came and spoke, she laughed when she was told that she was going to have a son within a year. She just laughed. And furthermore, when she was then challenged about it, she lied about it. But this is a woman of faith. <laughs> We're like, what? really? Because the writer of the Hebrews says, she considered him faithful who had made the promise, and because of this, faith to bear children, an heir to the numerous descendants of the promise to come. Let's read the scripture. 
in Hebrews. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Sarah had really a kind of a kind of double reason to actually have quite a lot of serious doubts that this son that had been promised was going to come through her. Firstly, she was infertile. Now, we know something a lot more than they did then about infertility. And we know that it could be the husband, it could be the wife. It, it can happen as much to you when you're young as it can when you're old. So it wasn't, this wasn't to do with her age. This was just that she was infertile. But what we learn through the story as we read more about Abraham is we get some hints as to who's responsible. And uh, what we see is that when Abraham sleeps with Hagar, they have Ishmael fairly quickly. And furthermore, after Sarah dies in chapter 25, we see that he actually had four more children. So it kind of leaves you thinking, yeah, and I think probably the problem was on Sarah's side. But there was also a second reason, wasn't there? And the second reason was that she was really getting on a bit. You know, not only was she infertile, but she was past childbearing age. She was something like 89. I mean, she, was, she knew, it, it, you know, all those things had stopped. And actually, no, I'm past it now. Not only am I infertile, but I'm also now too old. It was back in Genesis 12 when God had promised Abraham that I will make you a great nation. He was about 75 at the time. By chapter 15, Abraham is doing a deal with God. He is, he, do you know what he suggests? To kind of try and make things kind of move it along a bit. He said, well, hang on, uh, this, this kind of son idea is not really working. Um, how about Eliezer of Damascus? Maybe he should inherit and he should be the heir as you've given me no children. And God speaks very clearly to Abraham and says, no, no, this man will not be your heir. Look up at the stars, so shall your offspring be. I want to say it was common practice. And we're going to kind of go, whoa, that was kind of a... But it was common practice to actually do that. It was common practice to actually, in those days, to actually say, well, actually, if you haven't got any kids, well, then you kind of nominate somebody who, who has. So where did this leave Sarah? Well, up to this point, God is speaking to, Sarah, to Abraham, not to Sarah. 
he knew that actually this son that was promised was coming through him, through his seed. But actually no mention of Sarah. And it's therefore not really that surprising that Sarah came up with this plan in Genesis 16 of saying, well, why don't, why don't we sort this out? I don't want to stand in the way, husband of mine, of us having kids and you having an heir. So here's my slave, Hagar. Why don't you have a child through her? And let's read that. Now, Sarai, as she was called in those days, Abraham's wife had borne no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. And so she said to Abraham, the Lord has, given, has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed with what Sarai said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, you can work out the age there, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. And he slept with Hagar and she conceived. We are being told that he'd been trying, they'd been trying for 10 years. So that makes him 85. And he does that. He sleeps with Hagar and they have Ishmael. I want to say in Sarah's defense, there would have been huge pressure on her to not stand in the way of her husband. He was wealthy. He needed an heir to pass things on to. And God had promised him this nation. He, she didn't want to be a bottleneck. She didn't want to thwart God's plans. But I want to say this. This wasn't faith. And it didn't include Sarah at this point. It was just a convenient solution. It was more, I think, that she kind of stepped out of the way. She didn't want to be a blockage or a hindrance. She didn't want to block the promises, the things that God had promised Abraham. And I want to say this to us today. That, you know what? We can do this at times. We can do that. Just be honest. We can actually think, yeah, no, no, I, 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 do I have faith? Well, no, I don't really have faith for this. But I, I don't want to stop it. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to be a blockage or anything. I'll, I'll sort of step out of the way. I'll let somebody else do it or I'll, I'll, kind, of, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of encourage you. Yeah, I'll say, you know, I hope it goes well and good for you and great. And I'll sort of step out of the way a bit. That's what we see that Sarah's doing at this moment. And I want to say it's, it's something which we actually know what that feels like at times. We don't want to be a wet towel. Maybe you're sitting here today and your friend has recently come to faith in Christ. And they just can't stop talking about it. They go on and on and on about this Jesus. You love your friend. You sincerely want it all to work out for them. But you don't share their faith. And you just sort of like, you thinking, oh, well, I'll kind of step out the way. I'll kind of let you kind of hope it goes well. God's wanting to say, no, 
you're hearing about this, I, I want you to have faith as well. I want, I want you to know me as well. I want you to know my love as well. This isn't just for your friend. This is for you as well. I know when Anne and I um, moved up here to plant the church, we were really stepping out in faith. Um, Anne's going to talk in just a second. Uh, we were leaving a lot of securities behind. There was a high cost to our move. Uh, and I'd come to a place where I knew that this was God's initiative and not mine. Once I knew that it was not just my decision, that I wasn't just making a decision to come to Edinburgh and plant a church out of frustration or just that I just wanted a fresh challenge, but I needed to know that it was God who was saying it. I needed to know that it was God who was saying it. It's interesting because the song that the guy sung at the beginning was about knowing that God is saying it. You've got to know that God is saying it. I had faith that it, the church would grow And it would be good for God's people. It would be good for Edinburgh. It would be good for Anne and I because I knew that God had spoken about it. But, and this is the big but, but I, it couldn't just rest on my faith alone. It wasn't just me coming up. It was Anne and I coming up. It wasn't just good enough for Anne to kind of like say, yeah, no, I'll support you. I, I, I don't want to get in the way, Matthew. Obviously, you really feel it's of God and I'll come along. I'll be a faithful. I'll be obedient. I'll be a faithful wife. I will be with you. I'll honor you. I'll stand by you. That wasn't enough. She needed to know that it was God speaking herself. Hi. Um, so because this is about Sarah, and um, as Matthew and I were talking about it, we felt it might be good to just share a story um, with you about me. Not because I'm Sarah, but because it's an issue of faith. Um, it's amazing how Sarah's name gets listed in that Hall of Fame. And uh, I think that... Um, as women, particularly if we're married women, and Sarah was married, I think it's really important that we have our own faith for situations. Our own moments with God. Not just to coast on what we feel our husbands have faith for, or what other people would expect of us, but to dig deep and expect to hear from God ourselves. There have been many times in my life when I've had to do this, and I have to say that God's always been faithful and actually has always given if it hasn't been that he's actually spoken to me through scripture or something there's been a sense that yes this is God and I've been able to do it but I think our move to Edinburgh was one of the biggest challenges for me um it was massive and it's amazing when I look now at what God has done through us 
and for us in the past 16 years and to see the fruit of it. To, in hindsight, it's easy, but there was none of that there then. And um, it was an excruciatingly difficult decision to make. Matthew knew that God was moving him on. It was time for something else. But I was very happy in Newcastle. We'd planted the church. It was large, thriving. My friends and family were there. It was my children's home. And my youngest, who was 17, was living with us. And I knew that if we made this decision and moved, he wouldn't follow us to another city, that he would stay there. I was also emotionally fragile. Still coming to terms with discovering one of our children was quite seriously ill and uncertain of what the outcome of that would be. So it didn't seem really possible to me that God would ask me to do something, um, to uproot and leave everything at a time like that, when I was feeling really vulnerable. And Matthew and I had many, many conversations about what has God got for us? Should we move? Is it the right thing? Are you really hearing from God? And sometimes it'd go well and I'd come away and I'd have faith. Other times I'd be distraught. (laughs) And other times I'd just be like, well, if you think it's God, then I'll follow you. Um, I didn't know myself really what the right thing was. It wasn't that I thought particularly that Matthew was hearing from God Um, so it wasn't I didn't feel I was standing against God I just didn't know but Matthew didn't want to do something that I didn't have faith for and that I would have been unhappy but there was a moment for me like Sarah's moment which um, Matthew will probably talk about more where everything changed and suddenly my faith was born We'd been seeing Dave Holden off at the airport and he was asking us about whether we would be prepared to move to Edinburgh and plant a church. There was no promise of finance. There was no one to come with us. We had to make the decision without anything in place according to what our faith was. So we drove home from the airport, obviously talking and chewing over what David said to us. We got home and got to that stage where you don't want to talk about it anymore, it's just too much. And we had a coffee and picked up the Sunday papers. And as I opened the newspaper, an advert slid out onto the floor. In huge letters it said, come to Scotland. (laughs) It was a tourist advert, tourist board advert, but the thing that struck me was the word come. It didn't say go to Scotland or visit Scotland, but said, come to Scotland. And I knew immediately that God was speaking to me. He was calling me to Scotland. I'd like to say that it was plain sailing from there. There were other confirmations for me, but there were genuine times of worry and anxiety. There was a real sense of loss and grief about this decision. Could we plant the church? Would it grow? How would we manage financially? Would anyone come with us? But at that moment, a seed of faith was planted that grew and sustained me through those times. And I just knew that God was with us and that we were following what his plan was. Thanks, Anne. So we'll deal with the 
the moment. There is a moment that God shows himself to Sarah. Things start to change in Genesis 17. We're told that Abraham is now 99 years old. God speaks to him again and he reconfirms his promise to make him a father of many nations and he changes his name from Abraham to Abraham. By verse 15, he's also changed Sarai's name from Sarai to Sarah. So here we go. As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. So this is the first time that Sarah really knows, yeah, no, it's actually, this is through me now. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and he said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. And God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So what happens at this point is that Sarah is suddenly included. It's not just, oh yeah, it's going to happen through Abraham and his seed and maybe some other woman. (laughs) But actually she knows, no, it's through you. It's integral to the fulfillment of the promise. Abraham laughs. So now Sarah is included in the promise. And next we see Abraham, and this is really the key point of change. Abraham in chapter 18 is sitting in the shade of his tent and three visitors turn up. We don't really know who they are to start with. As is fitting for any traveler who comes along, he makes sure that food is prepared for them. But more importantly, Sarah is hidden from view. So you've got to get this. They're not seeing her. They don't see her there. She's hidden from view. She's, she's in, in the tent, okay, inside the tent. And one of the visitors asks this, 18. Well, where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. And then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent. You've got to get this picture, okay? So she's there in the tent. Who's been camping here? <clears throat> yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, quite a number of us. So you're there in the tent. Think, think of yourself, right, in the tent. So you're there, sort of like, and you're listening. You, I mean, you can listen through this thing very easily, can't you? You, you can hear. And, and you can hear exactly what's going on, but not be seen. Okay, so you're there, and you're listening. So that's what she's doing. And... um. So she was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. 
Abraham and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, well, why did, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid. And so she lied and said, I didn't laugh. And he said, yes, you did laugh. (laughs) Firstly, how did he, this visit, just how did he know her name? She's only, God's spoken to Abraham but actually, suddenly, he didn't, he didn't say, so is your wife around? He didn't even say your wife, who I've heard is called Sarai. He said, is Sarah around? He knew the new name. <clears throat> Point one. But also, the writer in Genesis changes it to then the Lord said, verse 13. Next slide, yeah. So Sarah laughed, then the Lord said. Sarah's laugh wasn't audible. He didn't hear her tittering away. Okay. She wasn't she wasn't laughing to herself in inside the tent. She was she was it was actually in her head. She was laughing to her, she was saying to herself, Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know. And so it was going on in her head. And it's important. And this kind of angelic visitor or maybe the Lord himself had this prophetic awareness of what she was thinking she denies laughing and then he confirms that she was this is the turning point for Sarah up to now all the communication had been from God to her husband now she realized that God is speaking directly to her he knows her innermost secrets He knows exactly what she's thinking. It's very similar to what happened with Jesus and the woman, the Samaritan woman at the well. Go tell your husband, Jesus says to the Samaritan woman. I I have no husband, she says. Jesus replies, fact is, you have five husbands. And then she goes and she tells the town. She says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? Sarah, up to this point, had been an obedient wife. She'd been a faithful wife. She'd been honoring to her husband. She'd been supporting him. She'd been caring for him. But this is the point that it becomes her faith. And it is this faith that the Hebrew writer is commending and saying it enabled her to bear children because she considered him faithful who'd made the promise. And I want to say this to us this morning. It's not enough to just go along with, to be obedient, to be supportive. We need to believe too. We need to know that God is speaking to us. 
We need to know God is speaking to us. Wives. Is your husband stepping out in a faith journey, which you're sort of accepting, but not exactly in faith yourself? God wants to challenge you to be a woman of faith, not just a wife whose husband has faith. Church, this isn't just, this isn't just for women. We can just as well, men and women, can be spectators of faith. We can love being part of the community and the worship and the small groups and the teaching. And we know the church is believing God for this city and all the plans that he's got. And we can just separate ourselves and be just a bit detached, a watcher rather than a carrier of faith, a spectator rather than a player. God wants you to come out of the stands, put on the strip, and be part of the team. Yeah? The key point that we heard from Anne and the key point for Sarah was when she knew that it was God. It wasn't just wishful thinking. She, no, 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 this is, oh my goodness, he knows my very thoughts he he he's listening he's listening and he knows what's going on inside me and suddenly she had a kind of godly fear and she actually knew no oh my goodness this isn't just kind of some kind of story this is almighty god speaking to me there is something very powerful that happens at this point it's interesting isn't it what god counts as faith you'd think that her whole other solution with Hagar would have discounted her faith somehow that God would say oh well that's it then and I'm not, not using you not after that kind of shenanigans <laughs> you would think that once she'd lied to God and denied that actually she'd been laughing that that would also negate the whole promise for her but it doesn't. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that encouraging? I find it incredibly encouraging. I mean, come on. How many times do we think, yeah, yeah, yeah. God counts the one time that we go, yeah, no, I, no, I do believe that. And he, he chooses to forget all the times we go, that's never going to work. <laughs> it's, it's not going to work. I, I, this, this, this thing's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah <clears throat> you know. Yeah, yeah, you can keep talking about it, but uh, you know, you'll see. And we, we get all cynical. And yet, you know what? God doesn't go, yeah, I remember all those times. I, I can remember your cynicism. <laughs> I, I was there. I, I can remember. I've got it all written down in my diary. <clears throat> all those times, actually, <laughs> and one time you express some faith and you think I'm going to believe that. And God says, yeah, no, I do. One time. You just go express it one time. Just one time. You're actually like, no, I believe you. And suddenly, whoosh, Sarah's put, you know, in this hall of fame of Hebrews 11. Suddenly she's like, wow, she's, she's in this place where, ah, oh, yeah, this woman of faith. Well, this woman of faith. And 
simply because she suddenly got to that point where she thought, oh my goodness, this is God. And that was it. Bang. Yeah. Peter doubts big time, didn't he? Peter the disciple and Thomas. And yet, you know what? God highly uses them afterwards for his purposes. It didn't disqualify them. Are you here today and you're thinking, you know what? If you knew, Matthew, kind of what goes on in my heart, my cynical attitude at times, I, I, I don't think that God can use me anymore. I want to say he can. And he chooses to forget all that stuff and to remember the time that you actually say. You can make a decision. Even today, you can go, you know what? I have faith. God, I, I do see it's you. And God says, I, I see that. Maybe the band can come up. <clears throat> what a God we have. What a God. I want to finish <clears throat> with just a bit of prophetic application. There are times that things just seem impossible. And yet, the lovely thing about God is he loves to take the barren, the past it, the seemingly impossible situation, the least likely person, and use them to accomplish his purposes. You know why? Because he gets more glory that way. Yeah? So we don't go, oh yeah, well, you're just fertile. Oh yeah, 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 well, you're just gifted. Oh yeah, of course, you know, of course, of course it works for you. You know, look at the things that, that, that have gone well for you. If you knew all the things for me, God says, no, I like to take those that actually, yeah, you say, oh, it's just been one of those years. That's the time that God says, and exactly at that point, God says, yeah, it has. And I want to get the glory. But I so, feel so weak. Fantastic. I'm glad you feel weak. Because it's about my strength, not about your weakness. Yeah? Have faith. In Sarah's case, she wants, he wants her to give birth to a son, Isaac, that will bless the nation. And that we see from this nation that almighty Jesus is born from this nation. This is not just a random nation. This is God's nation. This is the glory of planet Earth comes through this decision. He'll bless the world. Last couple of points. And you know the name? This name wasn't a name that Abraham and Sarah made up. They didn't say, oh, what are we going to call this child? What are we going to call this child? Okay, God said, call him Isaac. Do you know what that means? He laughs. He laughs. Both Abraham and Sarah laughed. And God has the last laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my challenge to you today. Do you feel like Sarah? Do you feel barren? Do you feel past it? Best if somebody else carries the torch of faith, not me. God wants you to get hold of him. When her gaze moved from her decrepit old body and instead she saw God. It was at that point that she believed. 
not just for her husband Abraham, but that God wanted to use her. And God wants to say the same to you. He wants you to be a man or woman of faith. Someone who considers him faithful. Not just generally. Yeah, he's generally faithful. But personally for you. It's great that your friend or relatives maybe come to faith. God wants you to have faith. God wants it to be personal to you as well. Let's uh, just take a moment before God. I think Matt's just helped us so well and just brought us to this place of leaning on God. And it's so important right now that you and I take this moment to lean on Him in this messy thing called life with all of its discouragements and distractions, those things that take us away from faith, those things that take us away from God, that right now you lean on Him. Maybe you're facing a battle in your family or for your family. Maybe you've just lost some of your connection with God with all that's going on. Lean on Him. Lean on Him. He's more than enough. Sarah found He was more than enough. She considered him faithful. She took her eyes off herself and put it on God. And that filled her heart with joy, with laughter. Maybe you're facing loss. Maybe you're facing tragedy. He's more than enough. Lean on him. Lean on him. Lean on him. So Lord, we rest in your promises today.